Welcome back to the Around the League podcast. I'm your host, Cody. Got my guy Rob here, as always, heading in to week seven. Rob, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Doing great, man. Another week down, already in week seven. This thing's flying. Like I can't believe we're already seven games in or six games in going into the seventh and starting to see uh, a little more consistency with some teams and and some teams dropping off, but we'll get into that. But I'm excited to be here and, and do this for another week. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. Everything's good here, man. I, I mean, there's definitely some teams that – there's some real stunners. Like, I, I thought we thought the music – I actually thought the music would stop for some of these teams this week, and it kept going. And, you know, you kind of kept looking for a couple other teams uh, to maybe figure it out and turn it around, and they just kind of kept spiraling. So, um, re- really weird week. Uh, all Sunday I kept thinking about our uh, – our Packers and Bucks conversation where I had to like spend 10 minutes selling you on them and they just croaked. Um, we talked about, you know, the giants, the music stopping and, and they came out and got, got the Ravens uh, after we had, we had put them into our for real and, and, and just talked them up and how they would be fine. Uh, so it, it was certainly a interesting weekend of football to say the least only week six. So I'm excited to kind of dive into it a little bit here today, but just want to let everybody know if you haven't already checked it out, check out the, uh, best bets and bad beats episode that uh, me and JT do. He's come on and joined us um, to talk a little bit of betting. We have a good time talking through the day's bets. He does a lot of props, and then we also take some time guessing the spreads, which is always fun. Do a little competition there. So that'll be linked in the show notes. Go check that out. But for now, Rob, let you and I get into it and talk about some of these division leaders. What has essentially become our show started out as a segment for real for debate and who's a fraud has essentially uh, become our so- show talking through some of these teams and uh, division leaders. So uh, I'm going to kind of toss it over to you for a second, but I will go ahead and prelude this and say we've had some teams move into the forward debate section. We've got a few teams that have moved around here. Obviously, the teams that were on by pretty much stayed put. But, hey, shout out to your New York Jets, man, moving into the forward debate section. Uh, it took them four wins to get in there. Uh, and he, even uh, I think the Giants were in there just a little bit last week. Uh, and the Ravens, that's going to be one we get to as well, where you've certainly moved them around. But, man, shout out to your New York Jets. I, I'm just stunned. We talked about it a little bit for the show, but to see them move into even being like a team up for debate is a huge, huge stride forward for them. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool to see. Um, I know we'll get to them later, but I, you know, I got to give you a little bit of opportunity to talk about your Jets uh, to kick off the show. <laughs> kind of took my uh, sweet little surprise I had. Oh man! No, you can never blow it talking about Jets football um, on a positive end. But yeah, super stoked. I mean, we we just have had such fun Sundays the last couple of weeks, and I'll get into it more when we get to that four debate section. But gosh, it has made the NFL so much more fun. Like for for years, I was constantly just looking forward to like fantasy football and DFS and side bets and whatnot because the jets would show up they'd roll over and finish the season not even close to 500 and it was just hard to watch every single week now it's like i have something to look forward to on sundays or i've actually foregone watching red zone all day on sunday and i'm watching the jets game from beginning to end because it's that exciting we're winning games we're beating like good teams beating the packers last week against you know aaron Rodgers. i know i said they weren't a great team I still stand by that, but that's still a huge win for the Jets, beating them in Lambeau. I don't want to give it all away now, but gosh, man, it has been so much fun. And I think you said it in our group chat this Sunday, and, and I know you said it in the past, like when New York teams are winning, it just makes the game a lot more fun. So it has been such a joy to watch every single week, and I hope they can keep it up. Yes, yeah, so sorry to uh, uh, spoil the surprise there, but I, I had to like uh, just jump into it right there. I, I had to let you just take off and run with it, kick off the show, br- bring some energy to uh, the the podcast here. I think uh, I think that's going to be a fun. It's going to be fun watching the Jets move forward. And yeah, like I said, you know, when the New York market is good, sports are just more fun. You know, it's uh, you know, they get so much hate. It's, it's either love them or hate them. So. You know, sometimes when those teams that you hate are good, it makes makes everything just a little more fun and interesting. Uh, you know, so 
I think that's that's the other that's the flip side of it, not just the ones that like them, but it makes it more interesting for everyone that hates them. So, uh, but with with that said, let's go ahead and jump into some of these teams that you're viewing as for real uh, after just a fantastic Sunday night game, one of the few primetime games that have been wor- worth watching this year. Uh, Bills and Chiefs. Why don't you give me your thought on thoughts on the Bills Chiefs game? I don't know if you had many takeaways uh, from that. I know coming into last week, just for listeners' sake, we we said this is the Bills and Chiefs are number one and number two. I believe you had them as number one last week before the game. Chiefs number two, and you and I discussed. There's a massive tier. Like when you round out the top five or the for real teams, uh, you and I discussed. Hey, there's a big tier between Bills Chiefs and then the next best team, which you could. Uh, would consider the Eagles at that point. That's what we discussed. So do you still kind of believe that? What were your thoughts just on uh, what was a really good game? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's exactly what we kind of expected out of that game. So I think we left last week's show saying something along the lines of whoever wins will give them, you know, first in the league and whoever doesn't will give them second in the league. And I, I still stand by that. Like, I do think the Bills, and I've been saying it week in and week out, I think they're the best team in the NFL. Um, They just beat what I think is the second best team in the NFL in the Chiefs. So not not much changes for me there. I think regardless of what would have happened, I still would have kept those rankings. Um, Even if the Chiefs squeaked one out, I still think the Bills are a more well-rounded team. And uh, I am just kind of in awe of how they're just dominating teams and then they kind of run into like another juggernaut in the chiefs. And you see that, um, you know, they're very evenly matched. They're very, and it's going to be something that I think we'll definitely see later on in the year. Uh, again, don't think that's a crazy take. I think most people would say that we're going to see the chiefs and the bills late in the postseason, And, uh, I, my bets on one of them to go to the super bowl and probably win it. Um, so yeah, I, I still believe bills chiefs one and two, and I know a lot of rankings and pretty much every ranking I've seen has the Eagles either one or two. Um, I think that's solely because they're six and zero. They're still the only undefeated mm-hmm. team. I don't think um, I don't think they're better than the Bills or the Chiefs. I think they could compete with them. I just don't think they're better. Uh, and I think power rankings have a lot to do with what your record is, as opposed to like how good you actually are. Um, but yeah, so. I, Bills Chiefs stay in that for real debate, or sorry, for real category. Uh, there's no surprise there. I think they'll be there all year. I don't think they're going to move out of that for real category um, at any point this year, unless Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen get hurt, which God forbid that happens, but that's the only way I see them falling out. Um, and then the other two who also played this weekend, who still remain in my for real column, um, are the Eagles and the Cowboys. So like I just said, Eagles still 6-0, and still dominating. Um, they looked really good the other night, like especially in the first half. They kind of dominated that game. And then the Cowboys kind of came back and gave them a, a tougher second half. And I think that game's a little bit different if, uh, if Dak Prescott's playing. So Cooper Rush had a lot of success. I mean, I think he was 5-0 and in all his starts throughout his career, 4-0 this year. And then he fell mm-hmm. uh, to the Eagles the other day, you know, respectfully. They, they are a very good team. Like, that's not a bad loss on Cooper Rush by any means. I just think we kind of – and me and you kind of talked about it briefly on Sunday. It was like the Cooper Rush train is running out of juice a little bit. So, um, Dak, I think primed to come back next week. Um, you might have more accurate um, take on that, but I think he is coming back next week. And I still think they're a contender. Like, I, I think they picked it up. They showed flashes. Um as a contender, you know, throughout that game, throughout this year, they showed flashes. The only thing is flashes don't, don't, um, you know, flashes don't make you a contender. Consistency does. So we'll just have to see if Dak brings that consistency, brings them back to um, one of the top teams in the NFC, which I do believe they are. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I think the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC. Uh, I've already given you my thoughts on the Bucks and the Packers and the rest of the NFC 49ers. I still think the Eagles and the Cowboys are one and two. Um, so those are my four for real uh, teams in this category this week. And I don't see that changing much. And then the only team that actually fell out of this category from week uh, week five to week six was the Ravens. And we and I'll talk about them a little more in a minute. But I just 
there, there's too much inconsistency. And I just talked about consistency is so important. The Ravens are just too much. There's too much inconsistency. They need to get it together. They need to finish games. Um, so that's why they fall out of that top four for me. And uh, yeah, so Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys. Um, I don't think, or I do think most people would agree. Are you kind of on board with those four still? Bill, uh, Bills and Chiefs, yes. Um, one, two. I think, uh, you know, flip-flopped it. It's, you know, maybe that game was basically their tiebreaker for who's currently first, but I'm with you. That's I think that's essentially um, your AFC championship, uh, potentially, you know, Super Bowl winner coming out of that game uh, or co- uh, coming out of those two teams. Uh, uh, and when it comes down to power rankings, I'm with you. A lot of times power rankings are based off of, I know I know our Jets fans, our, our crew was very, was, was pumped about the Jets moving into the top 10 in power rankings, but uh, that's where I'm typically going to pump the brakes because that is a, a lot of those sites uh, do it based off of record. Uh, and look, we, we led the show off like really, really praising them and it's huge with what they're doing. But, uh, when you look at any power rankings that are purely data driven and just looking at, uh, the numbers and when, when I say the numbers, I feel like people just say that generically, uh, we look at offensive line talent, defensive line talent, how the secondary grades out, not just what the record says, but how the quarterback back uh, grades out. What do the skill positions look like? The scheme, uh, taking into account the schedule, everything. The Bills are still number one, and the Chiefs are number two, and uh, it's really not that close. And they have both had um, the top two of the top five most difficult schedules uh, to date, and they have those records. And uh, even according to the quote unquote numbers, they're one and two uh, based off of uh, PFF. Uh, power rankings, uh, which I know we don't always agree with. We have definitely had some debate there, but I do know that the process from which these are developed is usually uh, pretty unbiased and it removes record from uh, the scenario, which is something I'm kind of looking for for the sake of this discussion. So full in agreement there. Eagles are still my number three team, did what they had to do, looked good. Um, Cooper Rush, we talked about that. It was just time for him. I'm not sold on the Cowboys being for real. The only one I disagree with you here is – uh, Dallas being for real. I just haven't I, – I think they had some nice breaks go their way. Getting Dak back at 4-2 and two is massive for them. Uh, it hasn't really changed for me coming into this season. Uh, we talked about them being a wild-card team. I still think they're a wild-card team. Uh, I talked about them getting to 9 or 10 wins this season. I think maybe now coming out of that stretch of 4-2. and two, um, And they have actually had – the fourth most difficult schedule to date. And now for the remaining of the season, they have the third easiest. So I think that's really going to benefit them. Uh, I think the Eagles win that division and it still makes Dallas a wild card team. Uh, but they've looked, they've looked really, really good. I'm just not totally sold on them being for real. And I think it's really, I just got to see, you know, how does Dak really impact that offense? And is he truly healthy? Uh, because what Cooper Rush did, I mean, man, it really some teams seriously over exceeding expectations. Dallas with Cooper Rush, the Giants in general, yeah. the Jets, um, you know, several of these teams really that Falcons to me have exceeded expectations. I mean, I thought they were, yeah. you know, in line to be a bottom three, four team this year. So um, that's kind of how I view Dallas to date thus far. That's going to be the only one I disagree with. Um, I don't know if you got any feedback on, on that at all. I think you uh, laid it out pretty well, but I, and I don't disagree with dropping the Ravens. Um, certainly don't disagree mm-hmm. there. Um but we'll get into several of these uh, interesting teams when we get to the Ford debate. But, yeah, Dallas is really the only one I disagree with uh, as we kind of shift on down into the frauds. And last week you, quote, unquote, called the Titans, uh, called the Titans, quote, unquote, the definition of a fraud. That, to me, still holds true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, playing the Colts this week, yep. the Colts looked horrendous until finally getting some offense going against the Jags. Uh, I have no additional thoughts after the Titans have been on a bye. Um, what say you? Yeah, it's hard to kind of piggyback off of what was said last week. I think, the, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, they just came off a bye. They're going, and two team, two out of three teams that are in this fraud list, for me, are the Titans and the Colts. So it's like one of these teams is going to be four and two next week, and they're going to be right back in the fraud section. Like I can guarantee you that next week, one of these two teams will be there. Um, 
I don't have much else to say about the Titans. Like if you want to hear what I said, I, I would go back and listen last week, but basically the gist of it was, I don't believe in a Ryan Tannehill led team, um, in the worst division of football. Like I think whoever makes it out of this division is going to get <laughs> whacked in the first round. Like I think the Titans had a great season last year. Derek Henry led them and then he got hurt, but he came back for the playoffs. Um, they were a, a higher seed because of Derrick Henry. And I just don't think that they're going to be able to run him that much this year. Um, but regardless, I just, I don't believe in them regard. I mean, even if they win the next 10 games in a row and the number one seed, uh, which is definitely not going to happen, but if it happens, I still wouldn't believe in them. Like, I just don't believe in that division. I think you can get six easy wins in that division. Um, if you know, if you play your cards, right. So, not a fan of the Titans. And then same goes for the Colts, like kind of the same story. Mm -hmm. uh, first two or three weeks, we thought they were probably the worst team in the NFL. And I don't think they got much better. Like Matt Ryan seems to be kind of settling in a bit. So they might be able to compete for the division um, because it's so tight right now. But at the end of the day, three wins in that division like it doesn't really matter what you do by the end of the year. Like I still think whoever comes out of that division is a fraud. And again, this whole list for real frauds and for debate is based on who we think are contenders. So mm -hmm. if the question is, are these people contenders? Then no, like in my opinion, the Titans and the Colts are fraudulent contenders because of their record. And people may consider them like middle of the league right now because of their record. Like we just talked about, but they are not contenders in my eyes, and that's why they fall into the fraud category. Same goes for the Falcons, who are the third team in this category for me. I mean, another bottom five team that we thought, at least, um, like you said, even last week or, or the week before, um, they got out of a, a tough game with, well, again, it was like 21-0 in the fourth quarter with the Bucks, but they could have pulled that one out, and they could be sitting four and three right now. Um, and then you know, another win this week. So they've strung a couple wins together. I don't think that lasts. I think Mariota magic kind of fizzles out at some point. Um, and the rest of this team is just not strong enough to sustain that for the, for the rest of the year. And I'll swallow my words. Like I'll fall on my sword. If, if these teams turn out to like make the playoffs and make a run, but I don't think that's the case. Um, I just don't believe they'll compete for a playoff spot despite starting three and three. And I have a feeling you're not going to disagree but um, I'll kind of turn it over to you and get your thoughts on those three. I don't disagree. Um, we've I've talked a ton about the AFC South. Um, like I said, there's people can go back and listen to previous podcasts or even even the uh, uh, the seasonal previews. I, I was higher on the Colts. I was never high on the Titans. Uh, and then the Colts, we just talked about them earlier in the year where Frank Reich has a horrendous September record. He seems to kind of get it together as the season moves on because he keeps switching out quarterbacks. But, you know, that doesn't move the needle for me in uh, uh, disagreeing with you on whoever wins this division as a fraud. We said that after week two, and that still holds true. You just watch these teams and, you know, maybe, maybe they could pull off one and upset in the playoffs of in the wild card round. But um, that that's that's the ceiling, and that's why they're on the fraud list. Um, the Falcons, yeah, I, I not a believer. It's Mariota. Um, Arthur Smith has done better, um, but they always seem to just like figure it out in the fourth quarter. They've they've been the Falcons have been getting blown out in some of these games, and they're like they played the Rams close, they played the Bucks close, they almost won that game. They could have won it, you know, uh, but they're getting blown out like 90 of these games. They San Francisco just did not come to play, um, and. Uh, Everything's a huge win for the Falcons, but yeah, they're they're not up for debate for me at all. Uh, but a couple that I'm interested to get your thoughts on, I don't know if these are frauds or if they should be in the four debate section, but I know they're not listed out. So I kind of just want to get um, uh, your thoughts here on basically yay or nay. Do you think they're a, just clearly a fraud or you think they're up for debate? You don't even have to really dive into them, but I just want to I just wanted to go a little rapid fire here. Um, Miami Dolphins with a healthy Tua. Your thoughts? Uh, nay. I, I think that division is tough. I think they're uh -huh. in the AFC. That conference is super tough. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. I, I think nay. 
Rams. Oh, God, these are tough. I think yay because they're in the NFC. Uh, had they been in the AFC, I'm not a big fan of the Rams. I think they have a couple of really good players that take up 80% of their salary, and then after those five superstars, it's like, who the heck is this guy? So I will say yay because they are in the NFC. Mm, interesting. Interesting. That that's that really is a tough one there. Um, and then the last one I had for you here that I don't see on the notes, Chargers, after eking out an ugly win against the Broncos. Yeah, really ugly. Really not convincing wins and if you've listened to our past podcasts even past years on the dfs show like i'm a big advocate for the chargers <laughs> for whatever reason like i love herbert and uh i do think he's pushing for a top five quarterback in the league spot um at least top five future quarterback um that's the only reason like i would ever consider them contending but i'm gonna stick by my preseason prediction that two teams out of the AFC West make the playoffs. And I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Chargers. So I'll say yay. Okay. All right. I like that. Planting a little bit of a flag there as we shift on into who you have listed out here in the Ford debate section. A couple of new teams, and we're going to lead it off with the Green Bay Packers. So last week you asked me to sell you on the Packers and Bucks. The Bucks, I thought I made a good case for, um, and even uh, even after the debacle against the Steelers, I – they just have to have the offense figure something out. I'm still confident the offense can figure something out. Um, the Packers, though, was the one where I kind of looked at you. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can sell you on this. I be, and we talked through the skill position players. And we talked through the reason why. You know, they'll probably get it together and be fine, but they don't feel like a Super Bowl contender. They don't feel like an NFC championship contender. And they definitely didn't look like it on Sunday. And uh, I think if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers – um, and if he wasn't a former uh, MVP and Super Bowl winner, they would be on the fraud list, like pretty clearly, like not even up for debate. Yep. They would be on the fraud list. But I think him uh, and him alone is why he's on this debate list. That's just kind of my inclination. Um, but I'm going to let you give your thoughts on uh, the Packers after. Uh, honestly, I mean, you were right about them. You know, they just a. Uh, I uh, didn't even really look good at all uh, this weekend. You know, almost almost not even that competitive. Well, they didn't look good at all because the Jets are great, <laughs> and we're not gonna we're not gonna dismiss the Jets. The Jets looked phenomenal, but I know this is about the Packers right now. And yes, I completely agree. I think they would be on the fraud list. I think they would not even be up for consideration as far as a contender. Hold on a second. Let's just let's just touch on the fandom, the the fandom <laughs> that came out of you for a second. Like like just just the just the thought of me potentially maybe throwing the Jets under the bus yeah, when I wasn't please. the Packers. The Packers not showing up could be totally detached from the Jets, like going off and looking phenomenal. I could see it <laughs> in your eyes, just like how dare you? How dare you, sir? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you are talking to like the most level-headed Jets fan ever. So. I will defend them though. I will I will stand on that hill and defend them that they are a good football team and even I know if you, have you ever seen like every week uh Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen these clips. Um and he said it too. He was like the Jets are a good team. Like they're this, they're not the same old Jets. Um, they played them in training camp last year, and he said that they looked even better. He thinks Zach Wilson's going to be a star for many years. Um, gosh, I hope that pans out. But the Jets are not like a joke anymore. And I think it's funny because we talked about them having a really tough schedule. We talked about the possibility of them going 0-8, 0-9 to start, and here they're sitting at 4-2. and But to get back to the Packers, like they – they lost to the Giants and the Jets the last two weeks who are typically, you know, you think Giants, Jets, they're not tough wins. Like they'll probably make your schedule look a little bit easier, but not anymore. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Packers by any means. Um, and I've kind of made that clear in the past couple weeks, but they lost to a couple good teams. Like they did beat the Bucks, who like, I'm not huge on, but I can agree that, 
I believe they can get it going. Um, Packers beat them, but they lost to the Jets and the Giants. So, like, I'm not completely out on the Packers, but I just – I don't see it. Like, I just don't see the fire in them this year. Like, Rodgers, not that he looks lost, but, like, a little disinterested, similar to Brady um, to me. I don't know what it is, like, reading guys' body languages and whatnot, but, like, they just don't look – as interested they don't look as competitive um and i can't even name these guys on the packers like alan lazard is their wide receiver one and robert tunyon had 10 catches last week like you're not going to win that many games if robert tunyon is your number one target um so <laughs> well, yeah I, I just is, i don't Rogers see it like I, and, and tired of babysitting like I, I feel like that's what it is yeah yeah, it is. Well, you get that a lot from veteran quarterbacks, and I was going to say a very similar thing about the Bucks, but like you see the frustration out of both Brady and Rodgers, and some of that stuff doesn't bode well with like younger players. Like they, some guys can't take that pressure. They can't take, you know, a veteran coming up to them and telling them like get your stuff together. Like they can't take that. Like they, they're mental midgets sometimes when it comes to football and staying competitive and i feel like that's kind of what we're seeing a little bit like these guys are losing confidence because their quarterback doesn't have confidence in them like you see how many times do you see a packers receiver like drop an open pass and the camera cuts to rogers in slow motion like shaking his head or something those like you think the players don't see that stuff that affects morale that affects how you play that because now you're you're worried and you're nervous. As hard as it is to run a route and make a catch in the NFL where there's the best guys in the world covering you and other linebackers ready to take your head off, now you got to worry about your quarterback judging you based on if you can actually make that play or not. That affects not only morale, but your confidence and your ability to make plays. So I this is part of why I'm out a little bit on the Packers. Like Again, not fully out because they have Rodgers, but very hesitant to even leave them in the, the for debate column right now. And I don't, I don't know if they'll improve if they, if they don't, like I could easily see them falling out of this in a couple of weeks. Um, and then on the flip side, the Vikings, they look like they're going to win that division right now. Um, they're well-rounded. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Like they, they look good. And I think this might've been one of the, the teams we got wrong or we'll say that we got wrong early on in the year. Cause I think we both picked the Packers to win this division but the Vikings look really good at five and one. So how do you feel like, do you still feel like defending the Packers is the right choice? Like, I no. don't know. Like I, I just, I can't do it anymore. No, I, I think they, I think they make the playoffs. Um, but I, th- there's not much of a leg for me to stand on at this point. They have what I think is a pretty good defense overall. Um, I think they have an MVP quarterback, but to your point, like a lot of it just comes down to the leadership that is being shown, like not to get into like, Oh, you know, he's got to do this, or this is how you lead, or you got to be a football guy, blah, blah, blah. Not to get in, into all that crap, but you can tell like visibly that people are, that Rogers is not happy and it's affecting everyone else. It's like he's pouting. I know I said he's tired of babysitting, like whether or not Adams could have stayed or whatever, whether or not that's on Rogers or, you know, at this point doesn't matter. He doesn't want to babysit. and He's tired of it. You could say, well, Rogers put himself in this position or whatever, you know, that's, that's up for debate, but it's pretty clear and visible that he's just like, what almost like, Oh, what am I doing now? You know, you've, you've, the other thing that you mentioned is he just doesn't seem locked in. Like a few years ago, you know, you had the relaxed R-E-L-E-X season when they were 0-2, and, and they, they've gone on two-game skids before and looked bad early in the year and just rattle off eight, nine, ten wins. Uh, but they got a much tougher schedule. You know, they got the Bills coming up in a couple weeks um, and everything. So they definitely got to get this win against the Commanders and uh, and Taylor Heineke this weekend, which I do believe is always – you know, the Washington defense is a great get right spot for your offense. So, you know, I think they'll be, I don't have a leg to stand on. I think they'll be fine, make the playoffs. And a lot of that is because you broke down the NFC. Uh, the Rams are for real because they're in the NFC. Uh, not necessarily for real. They're just, you know, competitive or for debate because they're in the NFC. That's what it feels like with the Packers. Uh, and then to your point about the Vikings, you know, for them to be able to um, uh, get another uh, W as well is, uh, really great because I think they're going to have to create a lot, a lot of margin for error 
uh, towards the end of the season because I think the Packers are going to get hot and pl- and play catch up and and make this uh, division really competitive. And I think the Vikings potentially do what we've seen Kirk Cousins do in his career and uh, kind of as, as the pressure picks up and they get towards the end of the season, you'll kind of see them start to, uh, you know, collapse a little bit down the stretch. Not an epic collapse, but you'll, you'll start to see them struggle um, a little more. Maybe uh, Kevin O'Connell, first-year head coach, you see some more struggles as uh, they get more tape on him, figure him, him out, more experienced coaches, more experienced defensive coaches, figure him out. I think those two combinations uh, between the Packers and Vikings is what eventually at the end of the day leads this uh, division winner to maybe a, you know, 11 and six, uh, 12 and five record. And the Packers eke it out just barely from the Vikings or they sneak in as a wild card team. Uh, that's kind of my prediction there for the NFC North, but you know, it's, there's no leg to stand on with uh with the packers um at all really but i did kind of want to hit on you i know you mentioned uh the giants a little bit and all uh but uh you know we'll get to them in just a moment let's uh you mentioned the bucks as well you mentioned a lot of teams so why don't we transition to the bucks while we're talking about the teams that i had to convince you on uh bucks this their situation long term remains the same complete and total collapse against the steelers um where uh, the offense could not get any momentum going a uh, solid game plan from the Steelers defense. Um, I think it's just going to have to happen for you to be convinced, honestly. I think you're just even more unconvinced on what's going on in Tampa Bay. Um, but I do think nothing f- for me changes last week on the fact that over the course of the season, um, pretty much that whole monologue I gave is is going to uh, come into play. I still believe that's going to happen independent of the Steelers. They even said, even if they look bad against the Steelers, long-term, the outlook for them is positive. When you factor in their division, you factor in their schedule, you factor in them getting healthier, how good their defense has looked. And, and Brady, you literally just need the offense to kind of figure it out, and uh, and they'll probably be fine in a very, very weak conference. So uh, I kind of have moved on the Packers. The Bucks, I'm not moving on, um, but I'm assuming the Bucks is one where you're just like, all right, man, I got to see it happen. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is at this point. Um, I've seen it happen with Brady enough times that I believe it could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to start stringing some wins together, and they got. I don't. I don't really want to call any game a tune-up game, but if any any game were a tune-up game, it's this week versus, versus the Panthers. So yeah. um, they got the Panthers, the Ravens, the Rams, who are three. I mean, Panthers are not. Ravens, Rams could compete. And then they got a little bit lighter of a schedule after that. Um, so I think going into playoffs, that could be kind of their sweet spot is those last five, six weeks where they pick up a little steam, pick up some momentum, pick up a couple wins, which brings them into the playoffs and, and maybe they make a run. But same, similar to Roger's situation, like just not seeing that fire that you typically see in Brady. And I know they've dealt with a lot of injuries. They dealt with suspensions and a new head coach and, and whatnot, but there's a lot of adversity hitting. And I think we're seeing them fold a little bit. Like Brady went full meltdown mode the other day on the offensive line. Um, That stuff also affects your team. Like, I know he's a very intense person, a very competitive person, but like you, you have to be careful getting after people in the way that you do. Cause if it's negative, negative, like that really just might not work. It might make it worse. So, um, again, like I do see the world where the bucks figured out, they pick it up and they get it together. But right now I will continue to say like, I'm out until I see it. So yeah, pretty much exactly what you're, hesitation was for me like i just need to see it and i need to see it consistently and i sound like a broken record but consistency is what you kind of hope to see now in the middle weeks of the year like some teams started off hot you know some teams got lucky in some games some teams records might be a little bit better than their team actually is some teams might be worse you know some teams records might be worse than their team actually is and that might be one of them the bucks might be one of those teams where the record doesn't necessarily speak for their team and they're still 500. So there's still time to figure it out. So yeah, I just need to see it a little bit more. And, and I believe we probably will based on Brady's track record, 
but um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe until I see it. It's kind of amazing that his style has lasted as long as it has. You know, just how how it can rub people the wrong way. He's always mm-hmm. tore into people. Like been been real really tough to play with. Um, so it's it's amazing. It's a uh, it's kept him going this long and there's been very little adjustment on his part, you know, but I think he's just apparently must be so like, likeable outside of the game. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's, it's not a matter of him lacking like weapons or anything. Like he has everything he needs around mm-hmm. him. Um, so firing up your offensive line is probably the last group of people you want to fire up in a negative way. Um, but who knows? Like maybe they need it. Maybe they respect it. Maybe they ask for that feedback. Um, they probably don't ask for him to scream in their face, but maybe it helps them. Maybe that works for them. So, yeah, I, I will. You know, we're still waiting. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Like I'm still waiting. If the, I mean, we put a we put a team on the frauds list. You know, the poster board for the frauds list. So the Bucks right now are my you know, poster team for the, for, for debate list. Like they kind of fit the bill, um, where we still need to see more, but that's exactly what this column is for. So, yep. That's my take on the bucks. Um, I'll jump into the Bengals here who are my next team and, and the, the narrative stays the same as it was last week. I think they got a win last week. Um, Burrow looked really good. He looked his best all year. Um, Jamar chase was clicking and, um, I think they're going to stack wins together at this point. I think the next six weeks are very winnable games for them. I think it helps mm-hmm. them kind of gain control of that division potentially. Um, I do think that both the Ravens and the Bengals will make the playoffs, but I think this next six weeks are crucial for the Bengals um, to establish their dominance in that division and potentially make another playoff run um, like we saw last year, which would be fun. But I think it's all about the next six weeks for them and staying consistent um, and winning some of these games. So that's exactly the same narrative as last week. Um, And then Ravens, we kind of talked about a little bit already, how they moved from the for real list. And that's strictly because of of the lack of being able to finish games. And we've talked about it a couple weeks in a row now where there, and this is an interesting stat I saw this week, um, through six weeks, the Ravens have trailed by have trailed in the football in all their games, but for 120 seconds. So for two total minutes of game clock, they have trailed, and they're three and three. Like that is an awful stat. Awful. Like you, they should, they could be six and zero. Oh, like with the way these games have gone, the Giants. I mean, the Bengals. They squeaked out a win, but like. They could be six and zero, and very much a favorite for the Super Bowl at this point. But like, or at least, at least the deep run in the playoffs, they've trailed for 120 seconds and lost three of those games. So like, that just goes to show you what their season has been like. If they can clean up those games, I think they're a dangerous team led by a dangerous quarterback. But that's just the most bizarre stat. I know I sent you that. Like, what did you think when you saw that? I was like, what? Like, I had to reread it a couple of times. Uh, when I read that, at some point, here was my thought. At some point, it's a trend. Like, it's that. It's not a couple times. It's an anomaly. Um, but at some point, it becomes a trend. That's what, if, that's, that's what I thought. And that's what it feels like for the Ravens for almost a couple years now. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. They got to figure out how to close games in Baltimore. That's, they're, they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Um, they got Lamar. Uh, they're absolutely dominating teams for like 55 minutes of a game and then collapsing. Like we know they're good. We've seen it over and over. So I don't know. They got to figure out the fourth quarter. It's, you know, someone go check on Tolson. That's my other thought. Is that guy over <laughs> a resident, resident Ravens host? Sheesh, poor guy. Hope he's okay. Maybe I should call him and check in. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, you might want to. Uh, Tolson's on watch, but I I feel like for some reason, and I don't know why, I feel like I've just seen so many games over the past couple of years where the Ravens, there's three seconds left on the clock and they send Justin Tucker out there to, to win a game. 
I just feel like I've seen so many of those games and you can't put that guy in that situation every single week, but I feel like they have, and they've been on the opposite end of it where the other team is just about to score to win the game. Like it, it's just bad. Like I remember there was a minute and like 46 seconds left or something like that in the Ravens giants game. I didn't have it on the TV, but I had it on my phone and I was like, Oh, this game's over. And then I checked back 45 seconds later, it's a minute left and the giants are now winning by four. And I'm like, what the, what just happened? So the Ravens have to clean it up. That's the only, the only explanation. They just can't finish games. And speaking of the giants, I mean, another big win for them, the giants, giants are nearing that. I don't even want to say it. Cause I know I said it would take them to win fifth, go 16 and one for me to put them in the real <laughs> calm, but like, we got to start respecting the Giants. Like, they're winning games. Um, the Ravens are probably the best team that they beat. Like, I think the Ravens are better than the Packers. But um, I just need to see more from them to put them in that for real calm. Like, I need them to play the Eagles. Like, they got beat by the Cowboys, Cooper Rush led. Um, I need them to play in these division games and compete for me to think – or for me to take them more seriously. Like I know they've been have had a huge jump in improvement from last year and years years past, but I still need to see more uh, more from them in the NFC um, against those juggernauts to uh, to make a decision. But I mean, gosh, the wins are fun to watch, and I know Joey over at and Justin now, so we got a new giant up guy um, are now they they got to be fired up over there, and just like I am with the Jets. I mean, and th- that's the last team on my list is the Jets. And like I said, to start the show, been patiently waiting to get them on this list. Um, didn't think I would this season when we started, but man, like how fun has it been to watch the Jets? Like they're just winning games. They're doing it old school way, defense and running the ball down your throat. And it is just fun to watch. I mean, there's just an electricity around New York right now. Um, Jets, Giants, and I don't really, I mean, the Bills are way up north, but they're still a New York team. Uh, New York is buzzing right now, and and all three of those teams make one of these lists, and two out of the three of the lists are the good lists. So um, the for real Bills and uh, for debate Giants and Jets. But man, it is so fun to watch. They have they have just been like, gosh, I, I don't even know. I don't have the words. Like it is just awesome. And I have a bone to pick with PFF because you mentioned PFF earlier. Did you see the grade that they gave Quinn and Williams this week? They gave him like a 62 grade. Like, I'm not sure why he had the best game of his uh, season. Like, he had a sack. He he uh, he blocked a, a kick. Like, he did everything. He he had so many um, QB pressures, like tackle for loss. Like, he did everything right mm-hmm. and just dominated. And he's looked like the best defensive tackle in football this year to date um and they gave him a 62 so i really want to know what goes into that because they gave another guy in the jets like an 82 or 85 or whatever it was and the guy gave up a touchdown or something so it's like Mm -hmm. i don't understand what goes into the grading Uh, i'm not going to try to break it down but (laughs) definitely have a bone to pick with pff because my guy quinn williams is going off and they need to respect (laughs) it more you know they're they're grading like every snap with someone's off the ball like every little detail um, you know, whether or not someone gets to the second level on a play, yeah, they're like, I, I not just even don't get how you look at that game. Yeah. I don't get how you look at that game and you're, you're like, yeah, he was not great. Yeah. He was in the 60%. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, uh, he's actually, I saw, um, uh, the guys over at Jetaploy put up a graphic, uh, compared him versus Aaron Donald this year, just in terms of uh, stats. And he's uh, leading defensive tackles and stats, which was uh, pretty interesting uh, to see. He's, he's leading against Aaron Donald. So I think that's uh, – Quentin Williams yeah. looked great. You got no arguments for me here um, on the Jets. I know uh, PFF definitely rubs you the wrong way. Um, doesn't bother me as much. I know they're they're kind of isolating every single play and putting it under a microscope, like the things that no one else sees. Because uh, obviously they're using like that um, all twenty-two film where they get uh, just just um, as much detail on every play as they need. Um, I think that grade surprises me. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think just 
cognitive bias would tell me that that he would it would be grayed out much better uh, than that. So um, remains to be seen. Uh, maybe we can dig dig into that a little more, or uh, or talk that talk about that a little more uh, next week. Kind of player grades or something that we uh, agree or disagree with, and, and dig into the story behind that a little bit. Um, but in terms of your four debate, like, I, I think it's one of those, like we, we've spent a good bit of time on, um, the, those bigger name teams, uh, Packers, Bucks talked about the Vikings. Some, uh, the Bengals are putting it together. I'll, I'll give you my only concern here on the Bengals is Joe Burrow has, uh, currently the 16th graded passer and he's actually got his lowest, uh, passing grade of his career uh, so far this year. So that tells you one of two things, either uh, the Bengals still haven't quite put it all together or the ceiling is kind of uncapped. So I think it's, are you a, has, a glass half full, half empty kind of person? Uh, that's kind of what that's telling me is that there's a lot of room for growth, room for upside there, as long as the Bengals can keep clicking and get it together. Uh, the Ravens haven't done what they need to do to put them away, and they've kind of left the door open. And now you see Lamar being on a tear and having a record-breaking season up through about week five. And now you've got the Bengals who have not looked good and Burrow having his worst graded, lowest graded passing season. And they're sitting there pretty much um, having a tiebreaker in the division based off their recent head-to-head. Uh, and so that division is wide open. So again, that's one of those, are you half uh, glass half full, half empty kind of perspective, but just an interesting stat there on Burrow. Uh, the Giants, yeah, we've talked with them a good bit. They've over-exceeded expectations. I mean, Giants fans should be ecstatic, rightfully so. I'm having a good time just watching Giants and Jets fans. I mean, honestly, I do not, I, I don't have a dog in the fight for either team. And, uh, but it's been fun just literally like watching them from afar. I mean, just people are beside themselves, like in a good way after just being miserable for years, like end of the world. I mean, like the pandemic was nothing compared to, uh, Giants and Jets Twitter, uh, when the teams are bad. So, um, it doesn't choke people. Take it easy. Uh, but it's been fun just to watch the Giants <laughs> and Jets from afar. So I know I know uh, you gave me a little bit of a hard time there when we were talking about uh, Jets Packers earlier, but they've they've looked great um, and everything. You know, I think uh, for me to watch young teams when you get young teams with confidence, watch out. I mean, that's and to me that's what the Jets are. The Jets are are youth with confidence. Watch out, the Giants aren't really youth with confidence to me. I think it's Brian Dabble, like doing something incredible. Um, and with little to no talent, the Jets have talent. Like Jets and Giants, when I put those two up against each other, like the Jets have some serious talent on both sides of the ball. Zach Wilson's got to put it together a little bit. Um, and if he can, like the Jets are, are going to be really, really good for a decade. Uh, so I think that's going to be fun to watch. The Giants are like I said to me, Brian Dabble doing incredible things and just some incredible schemes and, and and coaching that team up because they've got no one in the skill positions to do anything. The Jets have legitimate talent um, outside on on the outside, and uh, and and that's what's unique to me about them. So if I had to like actually pick one that I was going to uh, uh, like maybe edge into. A, a real competitive debate, it would actually be the Jets because of their talent and that youth, that swagger with confidence. I think that's always dangerous, always scary, uh, you know, because they, they can do a lot of damage throughout the course of the season. And the Jets were a team whose schedule was so brutal the first 10, 11 weeks of the season. We were talking about, can they just get to three or four wins before week 10 or 11? And, and can a seven-win season, that's a massive win. You're sitting there at four wins and you're talking about uh, contending and for a wild card spot, like that's massive, just massive. And I think the Jets should be ecstatic. I think the Rams here for me, I mentioned them earlier. They're for debate. I think they're going to be okay, but it seems like the NFC just has a bunch of old heads that are going to have to piece it together and eke into the playoffs. And that's like half, half of the NFC and that's half of what's for debate. Whereas the AFC has two of the best teams in the league. And they got a bunch of other really good teams that just can't like get out of their own way. That's what coming out of week six, it feels like to me. Um, that's kind of my final thoughts on, on all this. I don't know if you got anything else to close us out. Yeah. For as far as the jets go, like I just need to see it first 
the team like the Bills, who is coming up in three weeks. So, um, like, you take – and, again, it's, it's hard to, like, judge based on the Bills because I think the Bills are the best team in the league. But it'll be a good test to kind of really see where they're at. Um, like, I think they have beat a couple of good teams, but to play a team like the Bills and see if they can hang within, like, a touchdown or 10 points, like, I think that would be a win. Um, I don't want to count out winning in general. Like, we beat the Dolphins, Dolphins beat the Bills. I know the Bills, or I know the Dolphins didn't have Tua, but still, like, you never know. So, uh, division games, you never know. Um, but otherwise, I think New York football is up is definitely up um and i'm just stoked to watch it every week and all these other games too like watching this kind of unfold watching you know who are who are our for real teams you know who are our frauds who are for debate and how it can change every single week like we've the last two weeks we've had we've had a team drop off the for real list you know we had the packers drop off we have the the ravens drop off this week and you never know like who's going to be on it next week, who's not going to be on it, and so on. So it's fun to do. It's it's fun to talk about, and uh, we'll see what happens in week seven, man. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You know you can find us at Roster Up Media on all social handles, rosterupmedia.com. Check us out. Uh, you can find him at Rob McW 24 at Cody Engle on my end. Fantasy football, season-long, all rolled out their podcast this week. Giants, Jets, Bills, um, New York market, like we talked about, is rolling them out. Uh, Lions, Ravens, et cetera. We got uh, a lot of lot happening over here at Roster Up. A lot of great shows for you guys to tune into. Go check them out. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy week seven.